0: Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. Tournament time. Throw down $5 on an NCAA tournament game. If you're a new customer, you get $200 in free plays. All right. Join me. you got to by- use that
1: promo code PHNX, though. Come on now.
0: Let's go. Now, joined by the big dog, the GM himself, Mr. Saul Bookman. Arizona wins 87 to 70. Saul, this is another type of game where Arizona's playing it too close for comfort. But as you called, as we both called, you know you're going to get hit by that run of death at some and. Well, that run
1: happened. Yeah, when they were – listen, Wright State was right there. No Mm -hmm. no pun intended. No pun intended. They were right there. They missed a couple threes when they were just down by eight. and I felt like if they dropped any one of those threes, the game would have changed because the crowd was really hoping that they – that would drop, but – Lucky for the Wildcats, um, they avoided those big hits and then went on a run of their own and basically put the game away. They went on basically a 10-0 run and then moved it up to a 20-point lead. And after that, you could just tell these guys were on cruise control most of the game. Uh, Whether you like that or not, they they were. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, what's going on with the turnovers? You know... Uh, granted, The
0: turnovers aren't great, but when you let guys play, when you let them express themselves, you're dealing with a lot of kids out there. I think a lot of people think that everybody's Justin Kyer, and they're 24, 25 years old. You still look at it. Ben Matherin's 19 years old. Dalen Terry, 19. Azua Stabel is 20. When you give guys this kind of freedom, again, there's going to be some turnovers. And again, it's not ideal but that's what everyone's talking about. 10 turnovers in the first 10, 12 minutes of the game. That's something they certainly got to clear it up though. If they're going to be playing scene hall or TCU next round.
1: Uh, you know, it's, it's odd when you play a smaller team, right. it just, it's a little funky. You don't really have any experience doing it throughout the regular season, except for in the non-conference season. And usually those games are at home. Right. So you got all the advantages to, uh, to yourself. So it's, 19 turnovers at one point was way too much right. and it was more of just careless turnovers not being strong with the ball keeping the ball at your chest uh the backdoor passes that just just right. bad reads overall right. they'll clean that up for the next game against tc or seton hall whoever that should be i'm not too concerned about that right. but you like to You'd, you'd like to think that they learned their lessons right. through the course of the season, but we all know, especially in the first half, they've just been characteristically sloppy with the ball.
0: Yeah, it's all in this team. Just watching them up close again. Wright State was game, but at the same point, when you've got and they tell, they went with the seven foot uh, duo a big portion of the game with Christian Coloco and uh, uh, Umar Ballo. That's a tough thing to be able to replicate in practice, and that certainly was something that Wright State had an issue with going down the stretch, right there.
1: I mean, every team, do? most teams in the country, are yeah. going to have a problem with that. You know, it, the high-low action wasn't there tonight. Give Wright State credit; they they basically minimized that as best they could. Right. However, it's the dribble penetration over to the big man. That Wright State could not deal with. I thought the Wildcats didn't do that enough tonight. Right. Penetrating to the basket, they like to run the you know the the dribble handoff series quite a bit. But I never saw them like penetrate to the point where they were strong with the ball, could throw it up to uh, you know throw the lobs right. up to to Coloco and Balo, and um, they did that towards the end of the game, and that's why they started to go on the run and really extend
0: the lead. You know what? This game threw me off a little bit because I thought when Arizona got off early, especially when you're t- looking at a guy like. Um, the Tucson skyline, I see you right there, Nick Howard. The uh when you've got a guy that's going off like Dalen Terry, he to me is always kind of the X factor because he can do a lot of different things. But when he makes when he gets a couple of drives to the bucket, when he gets a little floater in there, that usually is a really good sign of things to come. Didn't quite happen that way, but again, as He's the guy that I think they're trying to get off early. Talking with some people behind the scenes a little bit, he's like, "Listen, Ben's going to be able to get his, Azulis is going to be able to get his. If you could get Dalen Terry going, it becomes a different animal entirely."
1: I mean, Dalen Terry is the, the the straw that really yeah. stirs the drink from a, a really good Wildcat team to a great Wildcat team. We saw that even in the Pac-12 tournament, um, in the championship game, Dalen Terry. Predominantly was the one that was kind of, you know, he had the sauce. Right, right. If you know, sure, I mean, you know what I mean, you know what I'm saying. Uh, he's the uh, one
0: that can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, right
1: there, yeah. Benedict, Benedict Matherin is, is is your go to score, and when he's on, there's probably not a guy in the country that can stop him. Mm-hmm. But Dalen Terry does it on both ends, and he comes with that that kind of swagger that really kind of pushes if you don't have Kirk Creese out there to kind of get the juice going it's got to be Dale and Terry right now and uh, so I, that's going to be the future
0: speaking of Kirk Kreese, saying you know it's weird even or not excuse me uh, Kirk Crease. even when Justin Kyers in there and even when Justin Kyers turning the ball over I still feel comfortable with him out there. There is just a presence. There is a little bit of a swag about him that you can just tell he's a little bit older than everybody else. He gets it in a certain manner that I think other people just don't because, let's be honest, they don't have those life experiences. But I continuously watch him and say, if there is a better backup option in the country oh. than Justin Kyer, I'd love to see it because he does a little bit. Talk about Dalen Terry doing a little bit of everything. Justin Kyer's is kind of that same role.
1: You know, you guys probably didn't see it as much, but in the, in the South second half with about four or five minutes left right state was still trying to apply some pressure and uh the wildcats got, got kind of got a little hung up it was uh dale and terry benedict matherin mm-hmm. and um uh, i'm just talking about did them you, did uh, you the no 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 uh-huh. uh, dale and terry uh, justin kyer sorry i'm getting confused anyway uh the ball luckily went out of bounds and justin kyer basically went after both of them and said clean your shit up right like this is this is we're being too careless with the ball. You need to come to the ball when I pass it to you. He's yelling at Benedict Matherin. And Benedict Matherin, to his credit, was just like, All right, I got you. I got you. He kinda of shook his head. Like you are right, you're right. Justin Kyer is, is gonna play with that desperation because he knows this is it for him, right? right. These He's other so guys, the they don't they don't have that experience. Right. They don't understand what is really on the line. Like, this is it. You lose this game, you're out. Right. And you definitely don't want to be a 16 beating a one. Right. So uh, so I really appreciated that kind of, you know, he might be the only one on the team with that experience. Yeah, I mean, I I would
0: certainly think he is. You know, I think people look at it and they say, well, there's not a ton of freshmen on this team, but that doesn't mean that these guys aren't young, though all these players when you look down this roster when you go from Azulis Tabello's to, to Christian Colo or excuse me to Christian Coloco to uh, Ben Matherin, these are all players that haven't been there so yes they've played before but Saul I mean you know you've covered a lot of stuff over the years you know when the tournament lights hit it's an entirely oh. different animal, and you know that's something you can't replicate in practice.
1: It's, it's been four years since I've been to the tournament, right. and I, you know, yesterday I shoot around. I was like, okay, you know, these guys are ready, you know. And I look at the right State; I'm like, they got no chance. They physically, they just don't look right. the part, right? And then you get into the environment, and you sit down, and you feel the crowd. More importantly, you feel the crowd that isn't U of A fans starting to pull for the opposition, which immediately turns from a U of A crowd. To a right state crowd, mm-hmm. and, it, and I'm telling you, if one of those threes would have dropped, it would have been too close for comfort for all of us. Exactly, uh, watching this game. But luckily, the Wildcats are such a good team; they can afford to have a lot of miscues and still beat you by 20. Like that's how good they
0: you are. You mentioned the point about Justin Kyer kind of getting up in Benedict Matherin's grill a little bit, and you know what I like about this team? Whenever somebody gets in the other person's face. There's never any defensiveness. It's always, yeah, I'm trying to help you, man. I mean, I've been here before. Obviously, we all know that Justin Kyer isn't the player that uh, Benedict Matherin is. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have an ability to be able to say, listen, man, you got to be doing this right here, and like you said, they always take it. I think that's a little bit of an indicator of what they're dealing with with their coach. You watch Lloyd up and down. We're going to talk about him. A lot going on, but this team just has a chill factor to
1: it. Where yeah, you could get in someone's face, but it's not personal. No, no. You listen. You got to be able to give constructive criticism, right? right. And you're in the trenches. You got to be able to fix things immediately. Right. You don't have time to sugarcoat and be like. Hey man, uh, maybe next time you can uh, make that backdoor cut instead of uh, coming Please. to me. You know what I mean? Like, no, no. Hey, use the backdoor right. so we can get an easy two points, man. What are you doing? So, uh, I, I this is a. It's funny that we were just talking about how young they are, but their maturity when it comes to cr- criticism right. is next level. Right.
0: Yes. And uh, all right, questions about uh, questions about uh, Kurt Carissa asking if he plays. Your guess is as good as mine. One thing I will say. No. Is- you can tell. No. You can tell when you see him that that bruise that that ankle oh. bruise that's all the way up his leg. That was no joke. I, I mean, that was something that
1: yeah. What I will say is, um, I know he's improved, and everybody's seen videos out there. We watched him in practice yesterday. This is what this is what Kirk can do, and what he can't do right now. Right now, he he can shoot the ball stationary. He can jump. But it's those unpredictable moves when you when you got to play defense and you can't predict, and you can't dictate where you're going. Right. That's the concern right now. And, and and until he gets to a point where the, the the medical staff feels comfortable with him being able to cut on a dime and really run full speed up and down the court, he's not going to play. A lot can happen in a day or two. But if I had to make a guess, right. I'd probably say I, I would wedge wager towards not.
0: I would agree with that. Uh, Jeff Mojave makes a really good point right there about, you know, wondering, you know, does this team get a little a uh, little bored out there? We'll talk about that in just a second. But you know what's not boring, Saul? The DraftKings <laughs> Sportsbook app. Codework I love those setups. Here's the deal. You throw down $5 on a tournament game right now. New customers only, obviously. And if that team wins, you get $200 in free plays. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. If You've got a gambling problem called 1-800-NEXT-STEP. I'll give you a perfect example here, Saul. Let's say, you know what? I'm a new customer to the DraftKings Sportsbook, and I'm going to put in code word PHNX, and I'm going to back the A here. If you would back there the you A, go. you put down $5, bucks. you got $200 to play with. That simple, that easy. All right, let's get back to the comments here. Jeff Mojave makes the point, and a couple people have uh, made that point on here, where he said, "You know, does this team get a little bit uh, bored at times?" Mm -hmm. And you know, I I think that's I think that's reasonable. But at the same time, if you get bored once out here, you're done. And so that's something. I mean, that's that's cool against Washington State. Well, it's not cool, right? State, yeah, uh, yeah, or just just in just or even Washington State, yeah, but. I mean, you, you know, Seton Hall's another animal. You know, you get into that next round against the Kofi Coburn, we already know, that's a different thing. So you can't be thinking about that mindset, otherwise you're gone.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and TCU's a really good defensive right. team as well. So, like, TCU, Seton Hall... Listen, they're bigger teams. It's a little bit easier for you to manage against teams that you are familiar with size-wise, right. right? Like, nobody out here outside of maybe Texas Tech, yeah. which we'll get into we a little bit, into, right? um, it has, like, unbelievable size. Mm-hmm. But they're bigger than the team that just they just played, and it aligns more with what they see in the Pac-12 and other non-conference games. So, moving forward, I think you'll see a, a much more spirited Arizona team on Sunday. I think they'll play with more energy more than, more than anything. I think today they – it was hard for them to manufacture that energy because right. you see it says right State on their jersey. You're like, who the hell are these guys? It doesn't really matter. We're Arizona. And then you feel the pressure a little bit. Right. They did step up in every single wave. It felt like they did step up, got a key bucket to kind of stem the tide, keep right State at bay at arm's length. And, and, there and we here's are. the
0: difference, too. You're probably not going to lose to a 16 seed. I know I know Virginia says high. But at the end of the day, you're probably not going to lose to them. An eight to nine seed is an entirely different yeah. situation there because you're dealing with a team, if you're an eight or a nine, they probably just by where they've been, they've probably been flirting in that top 25 all season. And so that, again, it's not dealing with the team that just got in there. It's dealing with a team that's probably been at the top of that, uh, at the top of that mark pretty much all season. So again, gonna be playing a different animal entirely. And speaking of different animals, you and I, I didn't, I I kind of and listen. I should take your word for it. I didn't until I got in there. Texas Tech, just real quick—that is one of the teams that, just looking at it up close, you're like, wow,
1: you're almost as big as Arizona is. I mean, they're 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 thick. Right. They're big. They're physical. They're athletic. I thought in the second half they got a little winded, but um, if there's a team out there that I, and they're not in Arizona's right. part of the bracket, so I'm not too concerned juice about it. But funny to see. if there's a team that's gonna that I would say from the from the eye test mm-hmm. really played the part. They came out juiced today. They had a lot of energy. Texas Tech is somebody you kind of to keep your eyes on.
0: Okay, Azulis Tabellis is a guy that Tommy Lloyd has talked about all, all season. That You know, Azulis can play. It's about him being able to go against the best teams and really carve out his space. He made that point against Illinois earlier in the season when Arizona wins, and Tabellis got the ball five out of the first seven possessions here. I look at him right now, Saul, and I still think to myself... I know kind of what Benedict Mathurin can give me. He can give me, but Tabellis is still the one. As good as he is, I'd always like to be able to look at that box score and say something like seventeen and ten every single game because we've seen it up close. And Sean will get yeah. to your question in a second. That is the kind of that's what I that's what I want to see from a guy like that that has that physical capability.
1: <sighs> Tabellis is a little frustrating. He I is. think you know he's a lot he's he's a little frustrating to a lot of Arizona fans. Um, to myself, uh, you know, I, I'm sitting there. I'm watching. You feel like he could easily drop 20, right. but for whatever reason, you know, he's, he's a little hesitant um, and, and he's a little sloppy with the ball. We talk about careless turnovers. He probably has the most careless turnovers right. out of anybody on right. the team. As we move forward, you're going to need him to step up right. because I'm, I'm telling you, you need a third score. You need, you need a consistent score right. more than anything because you got Ben, you need a consistent uh, other guy.
0: And there's something that's a little odd about him And time. And again, the guy's an all conference caliber player, but you know, To uh, the talented players, we hold you to a little bit higher of a standard. I'm not going to be sitting here and saying that I need uh, Grant Whiteman to be able to do this (laughs) for me, you know. Um, But there's times, and you and I were talking about it, where he's he's got the wide-open 15-footer, and he's not even looking at the rim. And then, you know, he takes the shot, and then Ben Matherin looks at him like, take that shot right there. And I think that's something you'd like to see. And, again, I don't feel he can handle the ball a little bit, but I don't feel great about him when he's in the open court right there. My rule with the Jules is two dribbles and out. That's yeah. Yeah.
1: That's it for every big.
0: Right. OK. Now, Sean Seeley said, and I think it's a great question. What, U of a fans as far as, you know, Wright State fans. Now, I, the one thing I did notice, Wright State definitely did. I don't want to say they had Wright State fans here, but you did have fans ch- uh, cheering for an underdog. for
1: Sure. I mean, that's that's yeah. every NCAA tournament. Everybody right. loves an underdog. It's it's unlike the Pac-12 tournament where everybody right. has their allegiances right. and they could care less if another conference team wins. When you're here and you feel it, like everybody wants the underdog to win. That's just how it is. So if you're not a U of A fan, you want Right State to pull that upset like, Because it's something that historically you haven't, you've only seen once, right? So it's a, it's a different breed. It's a completely different animal, but... We're past that now. Yeah. Now, you know, you're, you're talking about the top 32 teams in the country mm-hmm. after this right. point. And so Arizona will come ready. I'm a thousand percent positive of that on Sunday.
0: And it's, it's a cliche, but it's such a true cliche. Then it doesn't even matter how you win. Now you want to blow out survive crowd, in advance, baby, survive in advance. Arizona fans have been on the wrong end of upsets. So you don't take any game for granted right here. I will be curious to see what that uh, point spread comes out with uh, coming out. And the only place that I would look for that would be the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. All right. Throw down $5 on that game or any game if you're a new customer. And then you get $200 in free plays if that team wins. That simple. How about that for a transition right in there? Uh, but uh, it's really that simple. It's the best sportsbook app out there by a mile. Not even close. And, again, if you want to back the A and you're a new customer, throw down $5. Get $200 in free plays. Code word PHNX. That's simple.
1: Also, you okay. we, we see this beautiful skyline behind us. This is this is a SDSU. VA house is just on the other side of us. Uh, all the other camera crews are over there because they, uh, they got. you're not allowed to film inside the arena. That's why we're not inside. Uh, so that's why we're out here. But yep. it's beautiful. Oh,
0: it's absolutely beautiful. And you know the thing about being on assignment? If you got to be on assignment in San Diego, yes, please. And so now we got Seton Hall and we've got TCU about to tip off. If you look at the prognosticators and exactly how uh, which which teams they view, given Arizona better bigger, stronger, Seton Hall's a more athletic team. They're a little bit older, but when you're an eight or a nine, it's still at that stage to me. Saul, it's more about what you do than about what the other team does. And I think Arizona's got to be able to do what they do because if they do what they do, and again, I know it sounds cliche. I generally hate cliches, but you take care of business there. It doesn't really matter.
1: Uh, a million percent. Like Arizona is one of the best teams in the country. For a reason, is because they out execute everybody, and they have size. That's that's the other thing. It's like the size cannot be underestimated. Right. Against Seton Hall and TCU, yes, they're physical. Yes, they 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 they're not powerhouses in their conference, but they're really solid teams in their conference. Right. Arizona can dictate everything mm-hmm. on their own terms right. so i expect that to happen also
0: yeah and again a lot of people are asking about kirk reese i've got a couple more messages
1: here Saul, you
0: played some basketball
1: in your day i want to, a long time ago a
0: long time ago but again look this man up he's not saying it i'm saying aia scores or aia uh, uh, record books right there but you can't hurry an ankle injury of that magnitude no. it just takes time so i think what people say or think Oh, well, you know, he's icing it, he's getting heat, he's getting compression. Justin Kokoski's the best in the business, which he is, but there's still only so much you can do if you've got a three-week injury right there and you're going to be limited. You and I watched it <sighs> yesterday. This was not – and, again, people I think are happy that they just see Kirk Kreese jogging in a straight line. When you watched him move in and out, it was not the same no. Kirk Kreese. It just wasn't.
1: No, it's it, – man, it, it, it hurts – it hurts to watch, even though it doesn't seem like it hurts him right. to, watch, to to be out there and be active and mobile and stuff like that. So I, I just, I can't see a scenario in which he plays on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I know everybody, I've even seen some people on Twitter talking about, oh, you know, it'd be nice just to give him five minutes, just yeah. to get him some reps. Like you don't want to put him out there for right. five minutes and then risk a further injury. Right. And that's probably what would happen at this point because that, that bruising is awful looking. And his mobility, again, his mobility is a little bit limited right now. So unless Mr. Miyagi comes in out of nowhere and, you know, seizes that thing up. Uh, it's, and, and, it's, and let's be honest
0: here, too. This is already a guy. We're not talking about a Baron Davis from an athletic standpoint that, you know what, you take down, you know, 15% of my lateral movement and I'm mm-hmm. still quicker than you. This is a guy that survives on Giel. Yeah. This is a guy that survives on being able to shoot the shot, get his people set up. And if you take away 25 or 30% of Kurt Precept, That's not exactly, that's just not the same dude. That's not who he is right there. So I'm with you. One thing I will say, though, is when you've got two guys, like uh, when you've got a guy like a Lloyd, when you've got a guy like a Justin Krakowski, they know what they're doing. You don't have to look at it and say, "Okay, man, we've got this renegade doctor right here." It's yeah. just saying this is a man that knows 100 what he's doing. right
1: For here. sure. Sorry, we got a lot of people walking to the elevators and stuff like that. So uh, we're right by the elevator, so it's the best spot we can yeah. get to. Yeah, so.
0: and I'm still all right. So let's see. Military told me to take ibuprofen when I had the same injury. It's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more, a little bit more serious than that. I was just say. a little bit. Just I don't a know if that's
1: going to be really. Big. Yeah, I mean, you, you should probably soak in milk or uh, you know whatever. You know, right. maybe some John the Conqueror route right. and put it yeah. on your ankle or something like that. It's a high ankle sprain, too. Right. Those typically take a much longer to come back For from. For sure.
0: But also, we've been talking this entire season about depth, about how this team, you've got the starting lineup of Kurt Creason, Benedict Matherin, Daylon Terry, Azulis Tabelas, Christian Coloco. But then you bring in Pella Larson, you bring in Umar Ballo, you bring in Justin Kyer. It's time to use that depth. And that's why that's why you have it right here to be able to have a guy like Kyer. And I'm sorry, again, in my opinion, even if you're without Kirk Reset, if you can't beat Seton Hall with Justin Kyer out there and still that seven man rotation, putting a little bit of a Dama ball in there, who we're going to get to in just a moment, then you know what? That's just the way it is. You should be able to still beat that
1: team. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Seton Hall and TCU are not better than UCLA. No, they're not better than USC. Uh, I know USC lost today, but it, like, listen, they, they're they're not better than those two teams. So you should be able to handle business without them. I, I, I'm 1,000% I'm, I'm confident in this team. I think they're going to learn from this. And, you know, it's, it's always good to get the first one out of the way to understand what the environment's like and how you feel about it. Um, so on Sunday, I'm sure, I'm just positive that they're going to come out with far more energy, and we'll see a different Wildcat team for sure. Tina,
0: I 100% want TCU. I've watched both these teams once. Uh, Seton Hall's a little bit more athletic. I think they, they can flex you a little bit more. I would rather play, uh, I'd rather play uh, uh, TCU than Seton Hall. Agreed. All right, a Ball. This is a guy that Tommy Lloyd has been talking about all season about how he wants to get him some run. But, you know, every single year, saw so, you hear somebody say, I want to get some guy some, the guys some run, and it just never really happens. Mm-hmm. This is a heck of a time for this young man to start getting some run right here. The NCAA tournament, the Pac-12 tournament, and when you're putting in a guy like that, a freshman who's still very wet behind the yeah. ears – and he comes in and he nails two mid-range jumpers to begin with. <laughs> you can tell and again. I'm not saying that he's going to be succeeding Ben Matherin because nobody's going to be doing that. But this is a guy that Tommy Lloyd obviously has big ideas on going forward. Next.
1: Yeah, uh, the the moment is just not too big for him. Yeah. You know, he, he had two clutch threes against UCLA in the Pac-12 championship. Right. I thought those threes helped stem the tide a little bit to keep U of A in it because it looked like it was about to get away from him right. for a little bit. In this game, same thing. It was kind of like, you know, the Wright State was trying to trying to get back in the game and he just kept hitting jumpers and, and he just seems with it. And I will say this, give him a year to get, you know, get a little bit of size, get with, you know, mm-hmm. strength coaching, and, you know, Chris Rounds and – I think you're going to see a much different guy next season with that shooting. I think he's one of the better shooters on the team anyway. Right. Um, I'm excited to see what comes Let's for Let's talk
0: about the confidence level of this team right here. One other thing you should have confidence, though, is in GoPHNX. You should go there get the membership. We have everything covered throughout the state. Wildcats, the Sun Devils, the Coyotes, the Suns the Cardinals, the Diamondbacks. Saul, you're a jack of all trades right now. You're on a little bit of everything right there. Sometimes it's out of necessity. It's out of necessity, (laughs) but you know what? This is the place. This is kind of the future of everything going on in the state right now. It's a community feel. And you go on there yeah. and again, you get the membership and get a free t-shirt out of it. You get some pretty cool stickers. You got a lot of different things that you can get out right there. So and again, hit the AZ Wildcat subscribe button on there and check out the other stuff that they got going on. Cause it's all you got a real community feel going up. On
1: oh, there. absolutely. You know, we, we that's you know, one of the reasons why we didn't name this, I know, I know on on, on Apple podcasts and stuff like that. It's the AZ Wildcats podcast, is because uh, hello, PHNX. Maybe you guys got a little turned off by the PHNX tagline. We don't want to say Phoenix Wildcats or PHNX Wildcats because that's what association would have been. So we called this AZ Wildcats because we are Arizona. Like, I don't care what anybody says in Phoenix. I don't care what anybody says in Flagstaff. Like, this school represents the state the best, period. Mm-hmm. End of story. Exactly. So that's why we called it AZ Wildcats. We would love for your support, especially. When it comes to PHNX as as a whole, because we support all the teams, you don't have to support the Sun Devils. That's fine. We just want you to embrace us and embrace this guy because he's doing a killer job.
0: Okay, now let's just talk about because you and I have watched Arizona basketball for a long time. Right now, this team, and I want to give Tommy Lloyd some kudos right here. And by the way, we're going to be having Dave Hickey on tomorrow about two o'clock. So make sure that you set your dial for that. Dave's uh, obviously made some pretty good moves this past year. So look forward to hearing from him. But Saul, so you watch this team. We watched him up close. We watched him at practice. I think so much of their coolness factor mm-hmm. stems from their coach. And you and I were talking about you could just watch Tommy Lloyd and his coaching staff just coach all day just how they do it.
1: Yeah, you know, remember how we would see Miller run up and down the court and, and, and scream at guys, call every single play out. Yeah. Like, Tommy Lloyd doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lloyd will, will make his his his, you know, impact – he will give his, his one or two cents. But then the coaching staff, I swear it's like a rotation of different guys. Offense, defense, everything in between. It's a different man that is stepping up and saying, hey, we need to do this or you need to do this. Like Tommy Lloyd not only empowers his players, but he empowers his coaches, which is beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: And I always like to say this. Whenever I have somebody on that play, It's all played at the Juco level, so again – when you have a guy, when you have a coach, whether playing in high school, when you're playing in college, that you know, uh, you go down and you miss a shot or you turn it mm-hmm. over and you know, I don't have to look at him immediately because yeah. he's yeah. really snarling at me. Doesn't that give you so much more confidence the next time down the court to take that shot or to be able to try to thread the needle on that pass that maybe you
1: wouldn't if you were kind of, let's be honest, you're on skates? Well, you know, I, this is a perfect example. Two different coaches, high school, college, high school coach, if I missed a shot, he would tell me, like, hey, your legs are a little heavy. You need to jump a little bit higher. Your legs are a little weak. Get your legs more into your shot. Right. Okay, cool. That's constructive criticism yeah. I can use for the next time. I get to college, and why did you miss that shot? Well, it's not like I wanted to miss the shot, right. coach. I just missed it. And then no constructive criticism right. outside of that. Like, you got to teach, and Tommy Lloyd teaches. And Sean Miller's a good teacher, too. Like, we can't take that away from him. But in the moment, in the moment, you got to be reserved and, and controlled enough to be able to relay information in, in, a, in a critical time so that way your players can adjust the way you want them to because if you don't they will fall apart and that happened several times and think about think about just back to when you were
0: 18 19 years old everybody out there and just how fragile you are at that state because For sure. it's, you know it's it's not easy and so you know to have i have a guy like that and to have him joke tommy lloyd the one thing i've noticed about him too he always has a little bit of a grin, a little
1: bit of a smirk. I think a it's little, just his face. I, I, I don't know
0: what it is, but it also resonated yesterday when you had both the guys. When you had Dale and Terry and Benedict Mather and say he's a little bit of a jokester. Mm-hmm. I always envisioned him like when he's getting on somebody, saying, "All right, I got a little quip for him when we get into the locker." For sure, place. it always looks like he's you know storing something in the back of his head. Oh yeah,
1: there. for sure. Like like yesterday, right? You know, at the press conference, yeah. and somebody had said, you know, kept saying "Bryant, Bryant, Bryant." And that, you know, he was like, well, that's cool. But, you know, we're not playing Brian we're tomorrow. Guarantee Tommy Lloyd remembers that. And the next time he sees that report, he's like, hey, so how's Brian doing in the tournament? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. that's how Tommy Lloyd that's is. That's exactly
0: what it is. But
1: everybody out there, really appreciate you hopping on
0: board with us. Again, we're going to be back on live with you tomorrow at uh, 2 p.m. We're staying up here, obviously. We've got the Seton Hall, uh, Seton Hall, uh, TCU game. And uh, we'll be back with you at that point as well. But, again, Dave Hickey tomorrow, post game, uh, following day.
1: Sol, what do you got? Anything else? Hey, just follow us at GoPHNX. We appreciate the support. We're at 1,600 followers. It'd be really cool if we could get to 2,000 by the time we get to, I don't know, maybe the final four. Guys, let's make it happen out there. the thing that's different about this show and
0: I put this out there all the time is we want to hear from you because I'm a fan you're a fan, nobody's better nobody's smarter, we all have our opinions and I think the thing that makes this show so unique and a lot of the shows that are over on PHNX is that we want to hear from you it's the wave of the future, you know what nobody wants to hear me speak for 30 straight minutes heck, my mom doesn't want to hear me speak for 30 straight minutes, they want to get those comments
1: Uh, real quick, uh, somebody had asked earlier about the fans, how many fans were in in attendance it was a pretty good chunk of Arizona Fans, I think uh, it was maybe eleven thousand, twelve thousand people in the in the arena. I would probably wager to guess four to five thousand were Arizona fans, maybe right. a little bit less. Um, but they they represented a, a huge portion of the, of the crowd. Also, um, also the, the seats are red, so it was it felt like it was an Arizona crowd anyway, because uh, most of the Arizona fans were wearing red as well. So um, yeah, that's. Right. There's that. We'll, we'll be back with you again tomorrow, though,
0: for uh, everybody out there. Really appreciate you. And, Tina, I, I know that you would uh, follow twice if you could. It means the world to me.
1: Real uh, one right there. For
0: Saul Bookman, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.